from HerbMentor.com, this is Herb Mentor Radio. You are listening to Herb Mentor Radio on HerbMentor.com. I'm John Gallagher. Today I am live on the set. I think this is probably the second time I've actually done a live interview. I'm at the Northwest Herbal Fair in Mount Vernon, Washington. And the Northwest Herbal Fair is what really began uh, my official learning process and was the place where I first had the idea for the herbal medicine making kit. Even before I took class, uh, I was looking for a kit that could just give me all I needed to put, you know, what I needed to make uh, my own remedies. So um, going back to the roots here, uh, I have with me Seattle-based herbalist, JT. Hi, JT. Hi, John. JT is a mom to two awesome homeschool kids. She studies with Karen Sherwood and has studied with Eaglesong and Sally King at Ravencroft Garden, who are also my mentors. In fact, JT and I were in the very same apprenticeship program at Ravencroft back in 99. 99. Gosh, <laughs> we partied before. like it was 1999. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so I've been wanting to interview JT for some time now on our mentor radio, so welcome. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. And it's, like I said, I just got to say again, it's just really wild for me to, we're, we're over, we're looking over this beautiful lake. We had a phenomenal sunny day here. All kinds of great workshops. JT taught a class in tincture making. And for me, it's like, wow, I'm back to where this all really started for me. And that's what's really great about here. So this is the perfect place to be interviewing you. Yes. Um, so thank you. Um, so because the thing is, I always kind of think of you as that um, quintessential role model that I wish that all Herb Mentor members could be <laughs> Like, you know, and that's a lot of pressure there. Yeah, just being, a little. Just a little bit. But, but so I want to explore that and, um, and, you know, how you go about doing things. So, but it's all pretty, pretty simple, right? So what I'd like to do first is just, like, start with your beginnings as an herbalist. Um, how did you get into it? How did, what sparked your interest? Right. Well, I think I'd had, even as a child, kind of a headspace, uh, kind of book idea that an herbalist sounded like an interesting person to be, but I didn't really pursue it. Um, I would say what really kick-started um, my true herbal calling was becoming a mother, uh, because you have those what I call 3 a.m. moments, you know, where your <laughs> child is running a fever. It's not a horribly high fever, but you're not sure, should I go to the emergency room? Should I dose with Tylenol? I, and I felt like there had to be, there had to be some place in between sitting there and doing nothing mm -hmm. and taking them to the emergency room. And I thought that that place probably lay with herbs and I wanted to get some practical experience. Um, did you have background in your family? Was there anyone like grandparents or parents? Because you're, you're, you're half Chinese yes. uh, descent and yes. half European. That's so right. You, that's very diverse traditions. It, it, it is. I didn't on my, my mother's side is the European side, and there was nothing that I uh, really was transmitted there. On my father's side... Um, there, we had always Chinese patent medicines around, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so I knew that there were these sort of exotic, you know, loquat and pochai pills, so mm -hmm. that there was an alternative um, to, say, prescription drugs. Mm -hmm. um, and I do remember being very young, and there was always this funny jar, a glass mayonnaise <laughs> jar <laughs> in the cupboard. It was the weirdest thing, and it had these gnarly roots in it and this weird kind of yellowish liquid. And... Um, 
it was basically a uh, bruise medicine. So anytime, I have four younger brothers, you can imagine, a lot of rough housing, <laughs> yeah. a lot of banged heads mm -hmm. and shins and all that. And so, oh, oh, somebody got a bruise, go run, get the Chinese medicine. Right. So we would, you know, you pour that stuff. You just called it the Chinese medicine. The Chinese medicine. Oh, that's funny. And I'll tell you, John, I've spent years searching, talking to my dad, trying to figure out what was in that Chinese medicine. And, and I, he had no idea. He had no idea because he got it from just friends who have moved away. And so I'm still not sure. But I think when I look back on it, that may have planted the seed of, hey, I could, I could make a medicine and store it in a jar in my cupboard. Something you could pick out of the garden, exactly, perhaps, or, something or dig. Like that. Yep. So then, um, basically, you had this interest, and in, you know, this is actually I'm going to share as a parent as well. You had your son Nick, who is now. 14? 15. 15. I oh, know, gosh, I know. I keep getting that wrong, too, because I want him to be younger. Yes, I know. Because it means I'm getting older. Um, but he was already a few years old, at least, when, yeah, a few years old when, when Rowan was born. But we yeah. met at that same time, and mm -hmm. that was the exact same thing that prompted me to come even to this, because uh, I remember uh, thinking to Kimberly, well, we want to have kids someday, you know? Yeah. Like, how do I take care of them, you know? Absolutely. I, I knew I didn't want to take him rely on Western medicine, but uh, right. I didn't know what to do. So right. I looked, you know, frantically looking. For an answer. <laughs> so how did you find, did you just like look at, see an ad, someone recommend Ravencroft? Or is that the first place you started or did you read get some yeah, books? Or? I, I would say, because you know, books are all well and good, but mm -hmm. to me, I, you know, I'm very much about practical herbalism. So it was Ravencroft that was the, the true beginning. Um, and I think it was that Eagle Song offered a class in uh, like winter medicines, you mm -hmm. know, preventing colds and flus and such at Dandelion Botanical. <laughs> um, yeah, and so I went to that, and here was this I'm laughing because you'll hear that JT's now teaching at the Oh, yeah, right? I am. Oh, okay. A little plug for the other way. Oh, they're, uh, sorry, they're go great. Ahead. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, Eagle Song did a class there, and I thought she was great, and I saw the apprenticeship option and thought, okay, I'm going to do it. Take the plunge. For me, I uh, from this conference, I met Erin Grow, and she was running a like a short three month program, and uh -huh. I went and did that. And then after that, there was a hole, which was I want to keep learning, and I need an ongoing community. Right. And then, all of a sudden, healing from the ground up, which was the name of our program, opened up, and then 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 we met them. So. So it sounded like about the same timing. Yes, and for similar reasons, I hadn't realized that that yeah. was what propelled you as well. Yeah, because nobody. Uh, I didn't have the instruction manual, and right. no one was, I just kept looking for Where it. Is like, Where is that? Is, is, is that supposed to come out after the placenta? But no, I shouldn't send, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the instruction manual didn't come out. So, <laughs> but, uh, sorry. <laughs> but, anyway, um, so with Ravencroft, um, what did you find and, and folks, of course, Ravencroft, the program isn't really around anymore, so it's not like we're sitting here plugging Ravencroft right, or something, right. but we're just talking about herbal training in general and, and yes. a kind of herbal training or what to look out for in herbal training. So what, what did you learn in that? Like, what was that experience for you? Well, that experience was the actual physicality of mm -hmm. herbalism because I remember right I think on the, our first day we were sitting there and there was a bunch of I don't know you know hawthorn or something that had been drying and that then we needed to sit down and work with and mm -hmm. I felt kind of intimidated honestly um, but you know every time that we would meet there would be some something interesting in yeah, dried herb right. <laughs> we, yeah. we would do yeah. uh, pick hawthorn yes yep off and, strip it off of the, the mm -hmm. thorny mm -hmm. and or St. John's work yeah. we'd be 
yep. or gar flowers, garbling nettles. nettles. Or, yep. Every time we would meet, that's right, there'd be a blanket and yes. a big pile of herbs. A dried herb, which yeah. was great for Eagle Song and Sally because <laughs> they, they had people for <laughs> yeah, prepare their herbs. But it was such. Um, such an amazing experience for me to just, you know, physically handle the herbs, be with people who uh, had worked with herbs for a long time that or I could ask questions. Or didn't think you were crazy. Yeah, and didn't think I was crazy. <laughs> yeah, that helped a lot. Um, yeah, that that was fantastic. Um, I feel like there was something else other than actually touching the herbs. No. Well, you know, for me, being there too, um, it every time you showed up there was the garden there and yes. every time every month we were there there was new things happening mm -hmm. and we were always encouraged to go walk around see what we notice see what we can identify yes um, there were animals there and goats and all and and I remember uh, you know doing a work trade uh, and, these, and I'm mentioning all this for folks because you may have some great ideas about you, how you might want to teach your apprentice somebody someday. Because our whole goal here, our little secret sinister plan here on the Herb Mentor is that you're out there someday teaching and yes. being an apprentice exactly. uh, teacher. Um, so, uh, and I just remember, uh, and, and you know, and not only another thing cool today is Eagle Song, who we were talking about, is here teaching this weekend as yes, well. It's and, wonderful. And um, and I ran into her, and uh, and how we would, uh, I would get so many lessons at the compost pile. We'd be shoveling manure, and she'd <laughs> always have these great pearls of wisdom to espouse on me as I was shoveling manure. Yes, yes. During my work <laughs> grade. Yeah. Um, or, or in the medicine making shop, like they were selling a lot of products, so we'd be processing things, like mm -hmm. weighing bags mm -hmm. of infusion herbs, or labeling salves, or, and every time we're labeling salves, we're, what are we doing? We're, we're reading the ingredients, and yes. we're looking at Eagle yes. Song's recipe cards, and like, mm -hmm. you know, being in it, immersing. Absolutely. In a working and I, I love that she, you know, so we would dig things from the garden. Mm. I remember we did black cohosh one time, and, you know, it's it's so different to look at a little tincture bottle of black cohosh in the PCC and read about it in the book, and then when you're actually digging <laughs> that mm. black cohosh and seeing that amazing root system and bringing it out and... I remember that we washed it for a really long time with that pressure hose, and <laughs> we were all so proud. We showed it to Eco Song, and she just said, well, it's it's not herbalist quality <laughs> we're like oh okay go back and do it again but um but you know doing that was was really wonderful um even though it was hard work i remember um shortly after finishing the apprenticeship i was digging in my yard and there's lots of california poppy there which mm -hmm. i did not plant i remember that do you, you brought do you remember teacher that you made i brought it in because i was digging like, oh, i'm getting rid of this california poppy and i struck and i brought up this root and it was glistening and succulent and I'm looking at it and thinking wow I I wish I could do something with this oh wait a minute I can do yeah, something yeah, with yeah, it yeah, <laughs> and I looked it up and I found okay this is safe chop 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 made a tincture so that you know that was just some of the most valuable knowledge I got out of Ravencroft is yes you you can do this <laughs> yeah and, and 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 really the simplicity and and that's what I really like I remember them purposely saying like well, you know, and, and you have to mind you that the the eel song is a uh, you know world class horticulturalist. I mean, she yes. she 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 runs the the grounds at the Willows Lodge, which is one of the most like a five star prestigious yes. hotels. But when you go to their when it went to their place, they kept it simple for the students. Yeah, like that a simple greenhouse, so we could see that it really is easy. Mm -hmm. Like this is how you pot, this is how you do this, this is how you transplant, and and you really got it. Absolutely, and that's yeah. when I'm 
teaching, I was actually just teaching in this very area a few hours earlier, I brought some various tincture bottles to show people. You can have the really pretty label that you mm -hmm. take the time on the computer and mm -hmm. all that, mm -hmm. or here's the tincture I made that has a piece of masking tape on it. <laughs> it says California Bobby and the date, and that's okay. Keep it simple. Do do what works for but you. Label. But label. <laughs> exactly. That is one thing. That's not optional. You have to label. Otherwise, you have several bottles of brown liquid. Yes. Yes. Um, that was that's that's a lot of good memories there, but it's not just about going down memory lane. It's really just analyzing like what was it in this yes. that, and I think it really does come back to the simplicity, and I think that's what uh, struck me um, immediately about you is that you took that simplicity into your home to nourish your family. Like there'd always be, um, hey, I'm gonna make soup. Why not make? some oat straw infusion or burdock infusion and throw it in the soup. Right. Um, I'm going to make this syrup or I'm going to make this, uh, you know, you're, o you're always up to something. And, 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 <laughs> and, and, and the thing is, too, I want you talk about, too, is this, like, um, maybe you could talk about that. I'd like you to talk about that, but also sure. in relationship to, um, there is a tendency, and, and I'm, I think sometimes we're guilty of it on our mentor, and, and it's not intentional, but my draw is, my, my thing is always to keep it super simple. But then there's folks who, who have a, really want to like dig in and be chemists and make it complicated, mm -hmm, sure. and that's cool. Right. But I just want to like, to me, always where it's at has always been in the simplicity. So yes. how does that work for you? Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, if you hear music in the background here as we're talking, we're at a fest, yeah. fair. Enjoy the music. We're being serenaded. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, actually, when I started teaching today, there was somebody playing ukulele right by, nearby. Oh, so that was nice. kind of fun. Um, yeah, so you're absolutely right that I do um, try to keep it simple. You know, if you are a parent, or even if you're not a parent, most of us have busy lives, right? Yeah. Most of us don't have that time to go in deep into like the chemistry of it. and mm -hmm. um, Exactly. Right, so I really want to use herbs in a way that makes it that I can weave them easily into uh, my family's diet, basically. Um, it should be something organic. I feel strongly that everybody should know how to make their own medicine. I mean, that's why I teach the Making Your Own Medicine series, um, is that I think that that's knowledge, just like we all should know how to cook <laughs> um, and identify a few basic herbs, we should be able to, to uh, make healing happen within our family. Um, so I do, like you said, I will put extra things in the soup. Um, I do make infusions because they're pretty easy to make. And, and these are the nourishing herbal infusions like nourishing... we teach on Herb Mentor. Exactly, there's information on Herb Mentor about that. Um, and I rotate different ones, um, and I always give us some details. Let's some details, do you see details? Do you see details? Like people want to know. I, can you paint a picture of JT's kitchen? <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> I don't know who would want to paint that picture. But JT's kitchen. So okay, so JT's kitchen. Um, the first thing that may draw your eye is all the jars that are sitting on uh, the counter, mm -hmm. <laughs> and there are jars with tinctures in them, maybe tinctures of western red cedar or, and motherwort. Um, there are oils of comfrey and touch and heal, or St. John's wort, as it's often called. Um, there are, let's see, fomentations, and there are ginger bugs mm -hmm. um, for you know, making soda pop. Uh, and then in the living room, or actually in the dining room, there's a drying rack. Mm -hmm. So I have trays with herbs that are drying on them. 
think there's some... Where most people's TVs would be. <laughs> I guess so. It's very fascinating <laughs> to sit and watch the herbs dry. <laughs> Almost as fun as watching paint dry. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's, uh, there's a lot going on there. And so the kids are used to seeing <laughs> herbs all around the house, right. too. And, these are, and, and, and Robin and Nick are, are homeschooled, and they're very dynamically, by the way. I mean, it's, 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 uh, you know, it's a very kinetic, dynamic homeschooling thing you do. Um, they're always very creative, and there's always <laughs> kinds of stuff. I'm always impressed by what you're um, uh, doing with them. Um, so, how about an example like um, of that? Like, and what what kind? What would you do with an infusion that we would throw in something? I mean, I know this seems really basic to you, but right. this is this is like for some folks completely like a revelation. Yeah, absolutely, and that's where I was before right. I started at Ravencroft. Right. I just I, I I had such a desire, but I didn't know where to start. So mm -hmm. yeah, so. Um, so in the morning, I will take maybe my uh, nettle infusion that I've prepared with that little stick of mm -hmm. seaweed in there, and I'll strain it, and then I, um, I like it hot, so I serve it hot to my kids. Mm -hmm. It's like their, their morning coffee or pick-me-up or nice. whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, if I am making a lunch, for example, um, just before leaving for the herb fair, uh, we had a quickie lunch of bagels and cream cheese and uh, lox mm -hmm. and I sprinkled on the cream cheese um, some uh, powdered bull kelp, bullwhip kelp, mm -hmm. um, neriocystis that was mixed with sesame seeds mm -hmm. and so they had you know some herbs in there. Um, for dinner I might uh, have a, a hearty stew that I've thrown some dandelion and burdock, dried dandelion and burdock right mm -hmm. in. So, so you find that um, well you know your family is uh, cool with then they know everything you're doing and throwing that all right. in there or do you find you have to sneak it in with the kids? I mean Mike's, Mike's, Mike's a, you know, he's, he's a good sport. He's, he's, he's a, a mellow man and thank goodness for Mike. <laughs> um, so for the most part they are fine with it. Mm. They think it's, you know, you know, your mom's an herbalist, that's kind of kind of weird or whatever, but they, you know, the, the one infusion they are not really fond of is the nettle. You know, really? that's not their fa I know. <laughs> um, they love the oat straw, the linden, mm -hmm. the violet, the red clover. Hawthorn's mm -hmm. a big favorite. Um, but yeah, the Netherlands is a little bit hard. <laughs> Dandelion, too, is a little bit hard. Uh, and, but you know, for the most part, they're really fine with it. And they do help me gather as well. You know, I'll say that Nick does it, I think, out of a sense of duty because <laughs> he knows this is helpful for me. Right, right. Um, but you know, Robin really loves it. And either way, you know, I'm just glad that should they ever choose to make their own medicine for their family and their community, right. they know it's possible. They know how to do it. So it's not in, in, you know, vital to me that you have to be an herbalist, you have to right. do this. But should you choose to, you can. It's kind of like uh, giving your kids some early music lessons. Yeah. If, if yeah. they drop it at some point, you know that if they, should they pick it up, it'll be easier. Right, they can read later. music or whatever. It's, it's a tool. It's just one of those tools that I think is important, like learning to swim. You should do, know how to do that. Do you eat your infusions mix or do you simple? I Simple meaning one at a time. I'm asking like one at a time because I know this is something that a lot of people <laughs> always ask because we'll say try one at a time and, Su and they hear Susan Weed on some of our sure. classes going one at a time. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. the reality is lots of folks are like, yeah, I mix them. Right. So. Well, so, so I am a simpler. Mm -hmm. I'm a simple person. Um, <laughs> and so I prefer them simple. But there are some that are really nice in combination. Mm -hmm. For example, I really like to mix dandelion and burdock mm -hmm. together. I think they work very synergistically. Mm -hmm. So that's a compound. But yeah, for the most part, it's simples. 
unless mm -hmm. you can't stick in the sea we did <laughs> right <laughs> which i don't right right, right exactly because that's because yeah. it's from the sea exactly, yeah. <laughs> which by the way you also gather your own i do gather given, my own that you've given me some of your yeah. wonderfully harvested things <laughs> so speaking of gathering okay you live in seattle I do. and seattle is a if anyone hasn't been there it's a really cool urban garden area beautiful flowers uh pea patches uh for people mm -hmm. you know lo lots of people with like little yards to do garden space yes um and yet, you have told, said to me that, you know, I really don't prefer gardening. I'm more of a wild crafter. It's true. But yet, yet, you are a wild crafter in a city. I am. I'm an urban Please forager. tell <laughs> us about the life of the urban forager. Oh, it's wonderful. This is, so I know y'all are out there. You, you, this is captivating stuff. I mean, this is like, you know, because there's a lot of people in New York City. Or sure. there's people in wherever. And they're, I mean... They don't even think that they could gather things. Right, right. And that's that, you know, John, the tradition that we were trained in. It is mm -hmm. really about local, right? Mm -hmm. It's not about going to Tibet for the most, you know, rare herb. Um, right. It's about opening your front door and seeing what's outside right, right. here. Oh, dandelion. Maybe right. that's helpful for me. So I live in a city, and so my local is the city. Um, I am fortunate to live in Seattle, I think, because like you said, there's a lot of pea patches, there's a lot of parks, um, there's a lot of uh, people who keep nice yards, mm -hmm. or people who keep overgrown yards with lots of dandelion and chickweed. Right. So what I find when I'm doing urban foraging is that it is much more of a social experience than when I'm foraging in the mountains, because I do also forage in remote places. Right. Um, but when I'm out there gathering crab apples, you right. know, from the trees in front of my house, just put up the crab apple jelly a few days nice. ago. It's awesome. Um, that that's a real opportunity. People stop and say, "What are you doing?" You know, well, I didn't know you could eat those. I actually had an interaction. There was a little boy who was very unhappy in an unhappy situation. Mm -hmm. Lived a few houses down from us. He used to pick all our tulips, <laughs> all their heads off. <laughs> he used to break branches, and yeah, oh. it was you know yeah. he was acting out right. He saw me gathering the crab apples one time and said, what, what are you doing that for? And I said, well, I'll make jelly. You can make jelly? Well, I made some. I gave him a jar. Sometime later, I saw him in the neighborhood. Some little kids were kind of trying to break the branches on the tree. And I heard him say, stop, don't do that. It's the jelly tree. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I was like, okay, wow. So it's, it's about when you gather in a place where there's lots of people who can see what you're doing, your opportunities for teaching about plants, for healing with plants, um, are just that much more. And that's multiple. the opposite of what you make people might think. They might be thinking, I gotta sneak this because I don't want oh, anybody right, thinking right, that right. I'm picking this, or they might <laughs> right. want to be private about it. But right. when you're, I've had a lot of great experiences, just mm -hmm. people coming up, and the, every, a, a, a year doesn't go by when I'm picking nettle off of this <laughs> bike trail. Yes, exactly. That somebody doesn't stop their bike and ask what I'm doing back there. Yep, yep. And then I'm like, hey, what do you, what do you pick it? You know, uh -huh. and I'm like, oh, it's nettle. What are you going to do? We're going to make soup. And so we, I, I say, would you, would you like to take some of this? I'll wrap it in this little bag for you. You can take it home, throw it in your soup tonight. Yeah, and some people are like, great, and some people are, are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you kind of happen to live in an area with people a little more open to these things. It's true. People do think we're crazy. <laughs> no, but, but it's, but, but it's too. I mean, um, how, now if you're urban foraging crab yes. apples, um, that's one thing. But you seem to know the spots like you, you map them out right <laughs> I, do. I mean you, I do. you have your own secret spots mm -hmm. and in earth's no, no places you don't want to tell people that's in right a, in, a, in a 
you know, that you meet because they're far, probably, you know, special, far. But um, you found, I mean, a good amount of your gathering places in the city. Yes, it is. And, you know, again, in that social context, um, it's getting to know your neighbors, right? Mm -hmm. And getting to to know your environment. I can go and ask my neighbor, do you spray those roses? Right. Find out that they don't, and then may I gather some, and then, yeah. Right, so, right, right. Yep. And maybe nettles at some, are you able, uh, okay, like are there times when you have to get permission from like a park or something? Or like, well, how do those city parks work? Well, here's the thing yeah. <laughs> about Seattle city parks. So I have to tell my students that it is technically illegal. Right. under the Seattle Municipal Code. Right. Now, I've, I don't want to speak for the city of Seattle. I, I doubt if they have major objections to people weeding the nettles right. out, <laughs> you right. know, from right. Discovery Park or whatever. Right. Um, but I was actually interviewed a few months ago by somebody who's doing a study specifically on urban foraging, I think in Seattle, New York, and Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. And they said, um, as an urban forager, please tell us what is one thing we could do to make your life easier. Well, <laughs> yeah, and I said, well, thank you for asking. Don't spray anything. <laughs> yeah. so, don't spray anything. And I said, actually, the number one thing is make it legal, because right now there's all this bounty that is in our parks that I I can't tell my students to to gather because right. that would be illegal. And I, it's very important to me that you know you have permission <laughs> to right. gather. Um, so yeah, that's the situation in Seattle. I also understand that in New York City, um, they are actually starting to enforce the no no gathering. Oh, Laws really? In so, Central Park. Yeah, so, Wild so. Man Steve Brill is going to have a tough time. Exactly. He got arrested that one time. That's how oh, he got he? famous. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's how he got fam famous because he was the guy who got arrested for picking <laughs> dandelions in Central Park. He tells a, sto a story. There's an interview at Urmentor, folks. You can listen to that interview uh, I did with Wild Man a long time ago that talks about the story. Yeah, I'm going to pass some water over here to JT <laughs> and get a little parched. <laughs> I am. Brought some more. This is the cool thing about a live video. See, mm -hmm. I couldn't pass you water if you were doing this over the phone. <laughs> <laughs> So um, you could, yes, you could, you, that's a great interview. And also we talked about Eagle Song, um, our mentor, and we also interviewed her too. Um, so great. And, and of course, it uh, goes without say that you're following all the other rules of wildcraft and you're making sure that you're in a safe place, no pesticides. Absolutely. Pick clean, yes. Yeah, exactly. Not right by the side of the road or, you know, the Because you live like four blocks from I-90. It's true. I live right by <laughs> I-90. And I'll tell you, those freeway on-ramps has the St. John's Ward. I know, it's tempting, <laughs> it's like, isn't it? Oh, it's but tempting. no, please don't gather there. Right. So you have to go for your St. John's Ward elsewhere. Yes. yes. And not on the railroad tracks either. Um, they spray there. And that is interesting thing I just mentioned about St. John's Ward elsewhere. And that leads me to think about... Um, how you've gotten involved with some other schools in the area. Mm -hmm. um, you're doing some work with Earthwalk Northwest, yes, Karen absolutely. Sherwood, and she, another Urmetz Radio you can listen to. Um, <laughs> gee, you're seeing a pattern uh, here. Hmm. <laughs> John interviews the people he knows. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. <laughs> um, boy, uh, yeah, but, uh, and so you have then, you know, sought out mentors in your area, people yes. that could teach you some things and where there are places that are safe for you to gather. Yes. So you know now if it's St. John's Word or if there's some edible or cattails that you may have learned a lot about from Karen, you'll mm -hmm. get a sense of those places and where to go. Yes. Right. Yes. Absolutely. And that's what I just think that nothing substitutes for that apprenticing. You, you cannot get it from a book. I mean, I, 
you can get part of it. Yeah. Of it, well, you know, it's, it, it's something we struggle with because like, we're really lucky that we live in the Northwest or, or in a place or any, anywhere in the state of Oregon. There's like, I think there's like 100 herbalists per per uh, person who does isn't there. <laughs> right, it's, right. It's, it's an amazing <laughs> yes. state uh, in Oregon anyway. But there's a lot in Washington. And, and, and it seems like there's, well, more and more there's people. But what I'm trying to encourage people is because there's a lot of people without that, without someone that they right. can learn from and right. they can through. Which is, Herb Mentor, while it also works as a sub, you know, a surrogate for people who do have people, it also works for people who don't have anyone around them. So it is yes. kind of the next best thing. Oh, but, yeah. but still, like, it's, you're, it's just like, where around you though. Yeah. And I think some of y'all are gonna have to work a little harder <laughs> to find some of those special gathering places and to do your research and to use online communities, whether urban yes. or elsewhere, to to know for sure. And then it's gonna kinda be up to you to pass the knowledge on. Yes. Absolutely. And you will be that person who can be the link. And Herb Mentor is great. I don't put Herb Mentor in the same category as a book because it really is interactive. Mm -hmm. You have that online community and uh, you have the video, which the is video, great. Like which, you're, you know. But still, like, right, like having someone. But then again, you, you, you learned what you learned and you were able to go out on your own with the knowledge you had in your area without someone showing you and to find all the places in Seattle where you were together. Right. So you, do, you were able to do yeah, that. Yeah, well, I... <laughs> I always say I kind of homeschooled some of it, right? Right, and, right, yeah. right, right, right. But it's yeah, it's great. It's great to have the variety of sources that we have now, you know, from Herb Mentor to books to that one-on-one. -on -one. You want to be one-on-one -on -one with a, with an old herbalist. So let's recap here. You're inspired to learn. You found a way to learn, a place to learn. Yes. Started doing it. Yep. <laughs> Just do it. And when you wanted to learn some more stuff, you know, you got various books. You signed up for different classes and mm -hmm. things. And then, you know, here we are at a place where you're teaching. Yes. But in between that maybe decade or a little mm -hmm, less mm -hmm. or whatever, um, there was just you doing it. Yes. And that's all it really took. So it's a pretty simple formula. You're interested, you learn, you do it. Yes, exactly. And you didn't go to a, you know, an herbal school that gives you a letters after your name or something you yes. did you, you didn't uh meaning you know like you didn't get a certificate that i'm a professional herbalist you didn't take an advanced course with these anatomy and physiology classes and understanding all the intricate chemistries and the energetics and the constituents and right the, you know you you but yet you are an herbalist and you keep this in your family's life you keep yourself and your family healthy and nourished with this knowledge pure and simple Yes. without it having to be too complicated. Yes, yes. and my community as well as, as my family. And you're exactly right. I mean, I think all that, you know, chemistry and et cetera, it's really groovy. It's great. But you don't have to have it to be a fine herbalist. Uh, it should be something that, mm -hmm. that everybody does. When then did you just say, hey, I'm calling myself an herbalist? Oh, it took me a long time, John, a really long time. And it was actually at, uh, at Eagle Song, where, or, and Sally, they invited me to, you know, become a community-centered herbalist, and right. I really had to sit with that for a long time. I was right. very honored, but I thought, am I really an but herbalist? this was several years after you were. I mean, mm -hmm. you, you had, you had um, and if you don't mind me, just... Oh, it's you, fine. You, you had a... Um, you, you had, JT had to lead the program in the second year because there was a difficult pregnancy with Robin. Yep. Had to stop it short. Yep. And But the thing is, you had that one year behind you, but your passion um, 
kept you going and you just kept doing it on your own and doing it and doing exactly. it to the point where they said, you know, we're going to graduate soon anyway. <laughs> exactly. You're yes. one of the few people that have actually kept doing this all this. I, 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 think, I think that is what yeah. happened. Um, but yeah, and like I say, I was just, I was thrilled, but I thought, I do not know if I can accept this because I don't know if I can call myself an herbalist. Right. I mean, I, I don't, I don't charge people, I don't have a practice, you know, mm -hmm. I don't diagnose them and then, you know, mm -hmm. prescribe this tincture or whatever, so am I really an herbalist? And I sat a long time with those three words, community. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, gee, I guess I, you know, I do teach other people and I share the herbs and the knowledge, so okay, community works, and centered, okay, I'm centered mm -hmm. in my local place, and then herbalist, that was the hardest one. And I said, well, what, what is an herbalist? Okay, an herbalist is somebody who works with herbs, who knows them, loves them, and weaves them into their life. I guess I'm an herbalist. Right. That's, that's also my definition. <laughs> oh, good. That's why I'm really glad you're here with me today because I, I just, like for me, it's always the simplicity and that level of it that gets me excited about what I do. Yeah. And it's about that for me. And because um, personally, I mean, you know, Rosalie can be on her mentor doing learning more. That's her passion to learn more and more yes. complicated things. And help, you know. awesome. And it's great that she's able to take some of these concepts and find new ways of talking about them and bringing it to us in a way mm -hmm. we can all understand. I really appreciate it. But me personally, like, I just like my personal exploration, if I have any time, it's like I just want to go out and pick something yes. so I can make some lasagna. Exactly. Or, like, you know, or, 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 you know, pick the dandelion so I can make this or... Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I find myself more in that place more and more and less in the, i got to figure out what every constituent, but that's my choice and where I am at with it. Yes, yes. You know, and that's the thing. There's, a, there, there's coming to a level of comfort in yourself as to what's cool for you and what you want to do and not always feel like there's, you're inadequate at whatever you're doing because you think you have this perception that there's something bigger that you're supposed to be doing. And you just run around in circles if you do that. Yes. And because yeah. the thing is, this is all nature. You can never know it all. Right. So, so well, to live with it. <laughs> and, and, and that's the thing that, you know, you start, okay, well, what is the active ingredient in right, this? And, right. and you start losing sight of the, the whole, whole plan. Yeah. And you, I, I call it the illusion of precision. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, oh, well, but this tincture is made scientifically, so it's standardized. Well, what does that really mean? I mean, what if that, this plant was grown in a different soil and picked right. at a different time? I, you know, that you, you don't have to know every little tiny constituent or vitamin or mineral in it to learn from the wisdom of people who have used these plants yeah. for a long time. Oh, people always Safety. want to know that. They're always like, what's this ratio thing? I don't <laughs> right, know right. the ratio. And this always comes up in our form. And, and Rosalie and I are just like, oh, we just stick things in jars and cover it. With yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it seems to work really yeah. well. Yep, yep. <laughs> you know, and I remember Eagle saw one time, like she was doing this, tried showing us, demonstrating the ratio thing, but oh. her point was she couldn't figure it out because <laughs> right. the ratios were, she goes, this is not conventional wisdom. Conventional wisdom tells me to cover it with alcohol. Yes. To so cover it up and pour yep. it something on top of it and and if you don't keep it topped then it will oxidize and that's right. as simple as it so, is yeah to be. Yep. yeah so anyway i'm sorry it's a little bit of a tangent there, oh no that's I, great it's, it's just something <laughs> that's uh you know it's yeah <laughs> so um so here we are at this uh event here and you are um you know you're teaching and um so how did that come about for you that you found yourself, because this wasn't the first, but you, you've been teaching some classes at Dandelion Botanical, and before yes. that there was a um, someplace else in Seattle? Uh, yeah, I've also taught at Village Green Village Perennial Green. Nursery. Exactly. Mm -hmm, and, Center and, and so how did that, someone just ask you, like, well, 
Like, how did that happen? Like, <laughs> that you know, I ask myself that question too. <laughs> how did it happen? You know what really kicked it off? Remember when the um, so I I had been teaching on my own. Just people would say, "Ooh, that you know that St. John's Wort sunscreen. That's fantastic. Will, mm. will you show me how to make that?" Oh, sure, come on over. So I just teach you know one on one mm. or a couple mm. people. I'll show I'll show you how to do this. Then a couple years ago was that um, swine flu came around, mm -hmm. um, and people were freaking out mm -hmm. <laughs> on the homeschool group. What do we do? I don't, you know, this, sure. this and that. Mind you are in Seattle for yeah, folks. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so we, um, and then people were um, buying tinctures and such right. and so, and I thought, wow, it's so easy for people to just make their own elderberry syrup. It's just yeah. so simple and cheap. and cheap. And, you know, instead of buying that $20 bottle, a little one in the store, and I finally said, well, you know, there's all these great things you can do, and they're wonderful. Let me offer, if anybody would like to come mm -hmm. and learn how to make elderberry syrup, mm -hmm. this is a great antiviral, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. so, um, so I had that class. <laughs> Afterwards, I got emails from a number of students saying, would you please continue this? Could we learn how to make salves? Could mm -hmm. we learn how to make tinctures? Uh, and I said, uh, okay. <laughs> so I started teaching that. So I had this little quarterly group of uh, parents who were learning for their families. Um, and then it turned into, well, we'd really like you to teach, you know, outside of your home. <laughs> and I got a request from Vera at Village Green. She's a homeschool mom as well. Mm. So I started teaching there. And then Kachi had been asking me for a few years to teach. And I felt after the quarterly students that I had enough experience under my belt to do that. So it just kept building and building and building. All right, so basically then to recap with that, that you just started showing your friends stuff in the kitchen and yes. then that just kind of seemed to take off more and more and more people <laughs> yes, asking you. Exactly. And then, it, and then it only was a matter of time before somebody who, who wanted herbal classes somewhere found out you were doing that and then you got a phone call. Yeah, exactly. I got a Facebook friend request from somebody I didn't know. I was like, mm -hmm. hey, I heard you do salve classes. Mm -hmm. like, wow. So yeah, the word gets out there. I think people are really hungry for this kind of information. So yeah, it's they exciting are. to be teaching at this time. And then Dandelion Botanical, one of the main herbal, like two or three herbal places that are in Seattle. Right calls you up and says, right, going right. to do classes so that you're, you're doing. Do I mean, this is the very place where KP Kalsa does some classes and other people yes. do some classes. and the very place I realize now where I first saw Eagle Song. Right. So how perfect is <laughs> and that? And comes around again. Yes, round and round And then the Northwest Herbal Fair. Yes. And here you are here. So you just never know. And, 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 um, and, and my point in all that is that, let's, once again, I keep recapping a lot, but you're interested in herbs. Yes. You look for someone to learn from. Mm -hmm. You just start doing it. Right. Someone asks you to, what are you doing? And you share some of your knowledge. Mm -hmm. And then someone calls and says, hey, would you teach some teach a class? Yep. I mean, this is not like <laughs> some sort of certification program rigmarole or you right. know, sending out resumes trying to promote yourself. This is a completely natural and organic process that happens when you choose to really want to learn about this. Yes. And you just go for it without yes. expectations, without what it's just. Oh, to, I, you have this natural course that happened. I, and I right. tried not to teach. I actually thought that. <laughs> no, I, I don't know how to do that. But you know. It, That's right. I think I remember that. And I was like, no, like, do it. Do yeah, it. yeah. And I was like, John, come on. I, <laughs> I remember that you were teaching at REI. I'm like, wow, John, you're teaching at REI. And he's like, oh, you could do this. <laughs> really? <laughs> turns out you. Same you thing were happened right. with me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So. Uh, 
yeah, I, I found that um, there was actually a certain point where I was afraid to teach because I thought, who am I? You know, mm -hmm. I don't, like you said, I don't have the string of letters after my name mm -hmm. and I don't know every, you know, chemical constituent. Uh, who should I be to teach? Um, but then it got to a point where I felt like I am not going to be able to learn anymore mm -hmm. until I teach. Exactly. It's like you, there's a certain point of knowledge you get to where you hit a wall. I don't know if you found this oh, to be yeah. true. Oh, yeah. But then it's like, okay, I, I have to teach for that reason, for my own selfish reason, to want right. to learn more. Right. And also um, because, I don't want to say it's required of us, but it feels very important to me right. to share this knowledge. Right. Like you don't, why are you learning it just keeping it bottled up for yourself? Everybody should learn Amen. how to make medicine. Exactly. <laughs> and so here, I'm looking up on the schedule board here at this herbal fair. It has like a schedule board. And your classes are how to make tinctures. Yes. How to make syrups. Mm -hmm. Infusions. Infusions, decoctions. decoctions. Yeah. Now, folks, does this sound like something that <laughs> you already know how to do that you could probably teach someone else, even if it's your sister or brother or neighbor? Mm -hmm. I mean, even Kimberly has her, the, some of the kids' friends come over from time to time, and she does little, you know, let's go out in the garden and pick some stuff right. and make something, and she loves doing that. Yes. You don't have to go, you don't have to go teach at the herbal fair, but I mean, just to, at least to that level of sharing with people. Exactly. Right? It's this, sharing. It's about sharing the gifts of the herbs. Right. Absolutely. I mean, it's so easy to do, mm -hmm. and that's the thing. Yeah. And and that and so when I looked at that board and saw the other classes and there's some really out there stuff there's on some this esoteric system. ones. Yeah, like, wow, <laughs> what is that? And I'm looking at the ones. What would I not just what I would I would take now, but when I was first at the herbal fair to wrap it back around, mm. what would I have wanted to take? What are the classes like? If it was me back in 1998 at this fair, the very first time, mm -hmm. I would look at that board and I would be at all of your classes. Oh, really? Oh, that's great. Because those what would be interesting to me. That That's what I would need. That, Th would that need sort it. of hands-on. So it's great what a lot of folks are teaching here, but from to me, what is needed more than anything is just the basic core classes yes. to keep it simple. And like Susan Weed, even to, I mean, as many books as she has out and as many places she teaches every day she's out she, her message is always the same nourish keep it simple pass yes. it on yes the fundamentals the fundamentals yeah. and that's just yeah that's really what it seems to keep coming down to so what is your favorite remedy that you make oh boy <laughs> my favorite remedy that is a really hard one My favorite remedy. I guess I really love the cottonwood salve. Mm. I, there's something about the smell of that. And I love that it has multiple actions, mm -hmm. you know? I can use it um, on a cut, or it's one of the few salves that you can use really well on a bruise, mm -hmm. you know, or for deep muscle pain. There's just something magic about the smell of it to me. That I, I like it without cottonwood that I can make the oil, combine it with some wax or some sap, and that's it. Yes. I don't need to add essential <laughs> yes. oil. I don't have to add anything else. That's right. No other, no mm -hmm. other herbs. It's just plain and simple. Mm -hmm. Like I've actually found over the years that I've stopped using essential oils in my salves. Like I, I tend to use like cottonwood right. or um, I love rosemary oil as mm -hmm. a base. It just has that nice strong smell. St. John's wort oil too has that sort of this have, spicy, has its own lovely yeah. smell. You yeah. don't even need anything with that one. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And then you can actually tell quicker if your salve's gone rancid because it's not being masked by the essential oil. Oh, so, right. Of course. Yeah. So. Yeah. That yeah. was, that was, and, and yeah, for like, uh, to me, and, and I think Aaron Grow, my first mentor that I met at this fair, 
what struck me the first time, she takes us around our garden and you know, we're just, she's rattling things off and we're <laughs> writing it down. Right. She's like, yeah, but I pretty much only use like three or, th three or four plants <laughs> in pretty much everything I do. Well, that was another thing that I think I first really understood at Ravencroft mm -hmm. was that it's not, ooh, you know 100 different herbs, but you know one herb with 100 different uses. Right. And well, that's the purpose like on Herb Bench where we do the featured herb, which is, used to be the herb of the month. We didn't know what else to call it when we started <laughs> doing it bi-monthly. Uh, so the featured herb. Um, <laughs> and, and, and the idea is that let's just focus on an herb every couple of months and see everything we can do with that. Yes. And it's a fast, you yeah. know. When I'm teaching about certain herbs, I sometimes feel like it's almost a laundry list. It's like, well, it's good for this and this and this. Oh, <laughs> we've, we've gone, we've been online for like almost four years, and we are, we've still have not close to running out of the herbs that you can do a million things with. Right. Like it's just right. endless. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, you can do it again and again and again. I mean, and you can take any one of those herbs and make it a lifetime study, and that's all you use. Juliet of the herbs, Juliet typically lately mm -hmm. in that movie when she says that's like kind of like what she does with rosemary. Right. Like she's it's her everything. Her yes. Yeah. From everything. That's a good one to pick for your everything. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so, you know, that's awesome because I, 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 I was just, <laughs> you know, it just, I, I, of course I've been wanting to interview for a while, but it's just, you know, the universe came together that we can be in front of this beautiful setting at this place where you're teaching, where our mentor is, where our mentor, everything kind of started for me. Because um, to really ground me and, and bring it back around to remembering what the importance is of that simple progression of, and it was similar for me. It's like people might go, well, John, you know, he's got learning herbs and he knows this and he worked there, blah, 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 blah. But mm -hmm. the, the truth of the matter is I came to this fair, <laughs> I had an interest, right. I found a mentor, I started doing it, yep. and then I started teaching when the opportunity came. Exactly. In, or at least I shouldn't replace the word teaching with sharing because it doesn't have to be teaching. It can right, be with anyone, true. just share mm -hmm. with your mom or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, the, you know, even people in our class who graduate with they may not be here teaching with us but they are uh, at home sharing the remedies and people exactly. that they love with their you know with people family we know that every one of them that we know of has shared with people mm -hmm. uh, and has had huge impacts in in their jobs I mean even like uh, well, I'm just thinking of Bonnie, for example, who, mm -hmm. who works at the uh, with um, with the city. With, she works with the food banks. The food banks, food yep. banks, and, mm -hmm. and 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 her learning about nourishment, nutrition, and all this, of course, has had an amazing positive impact on the food bank system right. in Seattle. And she's been interviewed. I've heard her interviewed on NPR. Right. You know, she's been like, you know, so yeah. she's and uh, Kathy, who teaches, you know, oh, middle school students right. and has, you know, woven the herbs into their curriculum. She, and, and and she's a public school. It happens mm -hmm. to be a public school mm -hmm. a block from my house, but she's actually. <laughs> Actually, coincidentally, but she, because uh, she, uh, she doesn't live in my town, but she uh, has a garden, mm -hmm. and she's a beautiful garden, and um, that she, you know, that's part of the science curriculum in a regular public middle school, and they explore all this stuff. Right. And yeah. I, I like the fact that you use the word share instead of teach, because teach almost, yeah. it almost like a hierarchical, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. have to have all those, you know, degrees, and how can I be yeah. a teacher? But just the very fact of, you know, your herb mentor students right. <laughs> um, who are going out members. there. Members. <laughs> right, okay, <laughs> members. <laughs> yes. um, your herb mentor members who are listening now and who are at their own home, you know, they're gathering and they're making teas. Just the pure fact that they're doing that is teaching. It is, by sharing that, you know, you are impacting all the people who come into your kitchen and see that and say, hey, <laughs> what is that funny jar? 
on the counter. And the first thing I, when I asked Susan Weed, uh, uh, <laughs> I had the idea for Herb Enter, and I went to an herbal conference in Oregon, and Susan Weed is going to be a video interview, the first thing we're going to launch it with, hey, I've got a video interview with Susan Weed, and I sit down on this porch, and I put the camera on her and everything, and I just said, so what is the simplest way for people to have a relationship with plants? And she just looks up, and she just goes, breathing. <laughs> Well, that's perfect. <laughs> yes, yes. Just be, just being with the plants. Yep. Yeah. Sharing that energy. It's just they're giving us the oxygen and mm -hmm. we're giving them the carbon, carbon dioxide. Carbon dioxide. Yeah. It's as simple. It's that's the simplest of all gift exchanges mm -hmm. between us. And from mm -hmm. there, everything else it's icing. On it's the gravy. Cake. Yep. It's all gravy. <laughs> you say gravy. I you're say more gravy. Nourishing, I say icing on the cake because <laughs> I I, I don't well, know. Well, I don't I don't cake. say gravy on the cake. So. <laughs> that would be wrong. <laughs> no, it would be. <laughs> well, you know, JT, it's just been, you know, phenomenal having you in my life and being a good friend of our families for the last uh, well over a decade by now. <laughs> and um, it's uh, an honor to have you here today. I'm glad this worked out. And um, we're going to want to hear of your continuing herbal adventures to see where you will be teaching next because you obviously have a gift for it so keep it up oh thank you john and i just want to say i'm absolutely thrilled to be out here surrounded by cedar and yeah. douglas fir and blackberry plants and talking about the herbs and i think um, what you've done with herb mentor to bring that um, that breathing with the plants to people is wonderful thank you thank you so much and thanks everyone for listening see you next time Herb Mentor Radio on HerbMentor.com is a production of LearningHerbs.com. Visit LearningHerbs.com for free herbal lessons, including Herb Mentor News, Home Remedy Secrets, and Supermarket Herbalism. You'll also find the Herbal Medicine Making Kit and our board game Wildcraft. Herb Mentor Radio. Copyright LearningHerbs.com. All rights reserved. Thanks so much for listening.